Hello, my name is Ed Frawley, and I own Learberg Kennels. Today, we're going to talk about how to introduce dogs into a home that already has dogs in the home. The problems encountered when introducing a new dog into a home which already has another dog are often underestimated by the pet owner. This can be a difficult, if not dangerous, situation if it's not handled correctly. You only need to go to my Q&A section on my website and read some of the hundreds of emails I have on dog fights. Many people think they can just bring a new dog home and let the dogs work things out among themselves. For the lucky ones, this works okay, but more often than not, people find themselves in the middle of a dog fight and wonder what went wrong. Dogs are pack animals. The average pet owner does not have a clue how strong the genetic instincts are that flow just under the fur of their lovable family pet. The average dog owner does not realize how the addition of a second or a third dog into their home will trigger a genetic pack drive or rank drive response in their best friend. In fact, Many people are shocked and confused when they see the aggression that results from their family dog. There's usually more than one thing going on which has resulted in these problems. To name just a few, a house dog is often territorial. There can be a rank or dominance problem, or there can be interfemale or intermale issues that result in aggression. Yesterday, I had a lady write me who had a serious problem. She owned 30 house dogs. People like her are called dog collectors. She takes in strays, and if you can believe it or not, she keeps the majority of them in her home. The woman realizes that she has an obsessive-compulsive disorder. As obvious as it is, the lady has created a huge dog pack and seen some awesome dog fights. The fact is, the genetic instincts that control her 30-dog pack are the exact same instincts that start to flow in a home, which only has three dogs, because three dogs are a dog pack. Understand what I just said. Three dogs are a dog pack. The vast majority of pet owners don't realize this. Here are some of the issues that develop when people create dog packs. Dogs become much more territorial, just like wolf packs. Three dogs will develop a pack or rank order, which includes a pack leader. Every dog in the pack knows exactly what its rank is within that dog pack. And if they don't feel they have a strong human pack leader, one of the three dogs will step to the line and become the leader. Remember that a dog can love you and not respect you. These are two totally different things. Many dogs that kind of are pushed into the pack leader position because they don't have a strong human owner get very nervous and stressed over this because they don't want to be pack leaders. When a new dog is added into a home, every dog in that home has to reestablish its personal rank within that new family pack, and reestablishing rank is where dogfights come from. By the way, the worst dogfights are interfemale dogfights. They are vicious. When fights begin in a larger pack, and by that I mean four or more dogs, most of the time, all the dogs will gang up on the new dog. 
Once a dog has been attacked, it is often traumatized for life. These dogs will always be leery of meeting new dogs. In fact, once a dog has been attacked, it will often become dog aggressive and automatically want to fight any new dog it sees. Unless these dogs receive the correct training, they're going to be fighters for the rest of their life. They take the approach that a good offense is their best defense. When dogs have strong pack leaders, this does not have to happen. The human pack leader makes it crystal clear that this aggressive behavior is uncalled for and will not be tolerated. In addition, the human pack leader shows his dog or dogs that he will protect them from other dogs. This is a very important issue that the average dog owner doesn't realize, but I guarantee you that your dog does. Our goal in introducing a new dog into a family, which already has dogs, comes down to bringing another pack member into the family pack in a manner that is seamless and nonviolent. I can't and I won't give you a step-by-step way to do this for every dog. Every dog is different. Every owner has their own strengths and their own weaknesses, and every pack has its own personality. What I will do is provide you with training steps. It will be your responsibility to determine how many of these steps you need to use. With that said, I caution you about going too fast and skipping steps. You have nothing to lose in letting this process take some time and using all the steps. You have a lot to lose if you screw up and end up with a dog fight. The most important part of this process is to get the dogs using dog crates. We have a dog crate for every dog in our home. Just because your current dogs don't use dog crates is not a good enough reason not to use them in this process. We put the new dog in a dog crate in the house where the other dogs can go up and smell the newcomer while it's in the crate. If our house dogs growl at the new dog, we immediately step in and give a strong correction. Your job as the pack leader is to show your dogs that you will not tolerate aggression towards this new pack member. Pack leaders decide when there will be a fight, and by you stopping aggression, you're reminding your dogs who their leader is. If you want to learn about corrections, you can go and read the article I wrote titled The Theory of Corrections in Dog Training. We put prong collars or remote collars or dominant dog collars on our house dogs when we do this process. We let them drag a leash through the house. If they growl, we then have the tools in place to give the appropriate correction. If you have a rank problem between you and your dog, then you're going to have to deal with that before you introduce this new dog into the house. If need be, you may want to get my DVD, Dealing with Dominant and Aggressive Dogs. There's no reason to rush the process of introducing a new dog into your home. It can take weeks or months, or as long as it takes. We have five house dogs. We have five crates in the basement. Three of the dogs can be out together. The other two are never out when another dog is loose. 
The odds are they'll never be out with other dogs. We accept this as a fact of life. We rotate our dogs through the house, through the dog crates, through the outside dog kennels and dog yards. During the period of time that you're introducing an adult dog into your home, you will have times when your existing dogs are in dog crates and the new dog is going to be loose inside the house. This is the time that you establish your relationship with your new dog. This is done through grooming, through walks, through play, and through obedience training. Establishing a relationship means that you are subtly teaching the dog that you're the boss, that you're the pack leader. This is done by controlling every aspect of this new dog's life. I've written extensively on this process, and it's covered in my DVDs on dominant dogs. Even if you don't have a dominant dog, you still need to read the article I wrote titled Dealing with Dominant Dogs. I also recommend the article that I wrote titled The Groundwork to Becoming a Pack Leader. This is the protocol we use in our home to introduce new dogs and new puppies. Now, back to introducing these dogs. During the first weeks, the only time our dogs are around another dog is when they are in the crate and one of the other dogs is loose in the house. We will know when things are starting to come together because the dogs will start to ignore one another. In other words, the dog that's loose in the house will go lay down and do his thing and the dog in the crate will ignore him. This means that they are beginning to accept one another as pack members. When that happens, you can start to think about how to introduce the dogs outside of the crates. We always handle the introductions with both dogs on leash and either having a prong collar on or a dominant dog collar on. I would like to make a point here that for this work, I prefer dominant dog collars over prong collars. Many times, a prong collar correction can overstimulate a dog and in this case, it could result in redirected aggression. This means that a stressed dog turns and attacks his handler or attacks the other dog. I explain this concept to new handlers like this. A prong collar can put drive into a dog and a dominant dog collar takes drive out of the dog. At this point in our training, we're taking drive out of the dogs. We handle the introduction by taking dogs for walks together. If there's even the slightest possibility of a fight, we'll muzzle the dogs. And I'll talk a little more about this in a minute. The bottom line, though, is to always err on the side of caution and safety. Your first walks should be away from your home. And the route that you should use should not be the normal route that you've taken your house dogs on for the last three years. They consider that route their personal territory, and you run the risk of territorial aggression. During these introductory walks, keep the leash loose. If dogs pull on the leash, then use a firm pop correction to get the dog backing off pulling on the leash. A tight leash can cause a dog to be frustrated, and this again could trigger redirected aggression. If things go well on these walks, then that's great. But again, there is no hurry. You have the rest of your dog's life to get things settled. 
one mistake at this stage could lead to a fight from which some dogs will never mentally recover. When the walks have gone well, we will introduce the dogs on either side of a chain-link fence. The leashes are dropped and the dogs are allowed to drag them. What we'll do is put one dog inside of a yard and keep the second dog and the dog that may be more aggressive on leash outside of the outside of the yard so that we are prepared to administer a correction if there's any aggression. They can sniff through the fence like they did with the dog crate, but here they feel less restricted. They certainly cannot get into a real dog fight. I demonstrate this process graphically in my DVD, Dealing with Dominant and Aggressive Dogs. The DVD has excellent examples of dogs being aggressive through fences and how we deal with it. We also demonstrate how a smaller woman needs to consider a remote collar to be able to handle a large dog. When the walks and the dogs being behind fences are going well, there comes a time to allow these dogs to meet face to face when you're not holding on to the leashes. Allow them to sniff one another, but talk to them in a very firm, commanding, neutral voice. Warn them, don't make a mistake. Keep the meeting short. Then take them for a walk together. If there's any growling, they always get a very strong verbal no. Be prepared to use the dominant dog collar the way it's intended to be used, which means lift the dog's front feet off the ground by the leash. When dog fights begin, they often happen out of the blue and are lightning fast, so you need to be ready for them. And in extreme cases, when you're not sure what's going to happen, both dogs should have muzzles on. We offer inexpensive plastic Jafco muzzles, and we have excellent wire basket muzzles. That way, if there is a dog fight, you're going to be able to step in and stop it, and the dogs aren't going to be injured, and you're not going to be injured. Breaking up a dog fight is a dangerous thing to do. Never step into the middle of a dog fight and try and break it up by grabbing both collars. There's a protocol to follow in breaking up dog fights. I've written an article on this. Dog fights are dangerous events. Read that article. But with this said, know your physical limitations and always err on the side of safety. When I introduce two adult dogs, I'll let them sniff one another, but I don't allow any dominant posturing. I call it teeing off on one another. In other words, the dominant dog will put his head over the shoulder of the dog he thinks should be less dominant, and he'll push down on the shoulders. I don't allow this to happen. One of the most common causes of dog fights in the home are fights over food and over toys. Feed your dogs in their dog crates, or at least in different rooms, and pick up uneaten food after 15 minutes. You'll be surprised how quickly your dogs will clean their food bowls when they understand that they only have 15 minutes to eat. Never allow the dogs to be together with toys. Toys are triggers for dog fights. So don't leave a basket full of toys laying around a house that has a dog pack in it. When the meetings in the backyards are working, then we can try and allow the dogs to be loose together in our home. 
We make them wear a drag leash, and we keep control of them every second that they are loose in the house together. In other words, we don't allow them to run around like crazy dogs. We make them all do a downstay so that they're looking and listening to us and not thinking about being stupid with, it, with the other dog. It becomes very clear here who the pack leader is, and that's me. And if there's any questions, use a muzzle. Never allow dogs on furniture or on your bed. That's just asking for dominance problems. You will have enough pack juices flowing without allowing things to happen that increase rank issues. In the DVD I did, titled Remote Collar Training for Pet Owners, I show how to teach a dog to ignore other dogs by using a remote collar. Don't attempt to use a remote collar for dog aggression unless you studied the information in that DVD. If you do this wrong, you will instigate a dog fight that you may not be able to deal with. One last thing in mind. There are some dogs that no matter what you do, you will never reliably be able to have them with another dog. Keep an open mind on this. If you like both dogs and you're not willing to rehome one of them, then you simply have to use dog crates and keep them separated for life. Frankly, it's not a big deal. What blows my mind are the people who write and tell me that they're going to kill one of their dogs because they can't stop the fighting. Well, that's just crazy. Just keep them separated. Also, those people who will tell you to just put the dogs together and let them work things out, these are people that are drop-dead stupid. They have not seen enough damage from a serious fight. You can tell them, go look at the dog bite pictures on Ed Frawley's Learberg.com website. With all this said... You can see why I'm not a fan of dog parks. I've even written an article on why dog parks are a bad idea. I caution people not to take their dogs to these dog parks. It's not a matter of if your dog will be attacked. It's only a matter of when it will happen. It's survival of the fittest in your local dog park. The same thing can be said for some doggy daycare places. If your dog daycare uses crates and introduces dogs slowly, then it's a well-run establishment. But if they just toss dogs into a big room and stand back and watch these dogs work their business out by themselves, go someplace else. In closing, I want to make a point that just because you may have made a mistake in how you've tried to introduce your dogs does not mean that you can't start all over from scratch. It may work. It may not work. But the truth is, there's nothing lost in trying. And if you have questions, feel free to email me. But go to my website. It's over 10,000 pages, and there's a great deal of information on dominance and aggression. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.